When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. The Belly Up Sports NFL Draft coverage starts now with over 50 different guests over the first three rounds hosted by Dan Mater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft coverage. And Chris Dauhauer, co-host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show and Belly Up Fantasy Live. Let's go to the pick here. Terrace Marshall finally off the board. All the NFL fantasy football and pick betting analysis you could ever need through this draft coverage. So the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're going to make their pick soon, but the Giants, I'm getting where just traded with the Miami Dolphins from 40. It's time for your coverage to start now. Welcome back in, everybody. You're watching the NFL draft coverage by the Belly Up Sports and MD's Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Dan Mater, with Chris Dahauer. We've been going strong so far through the night. We're almost halfway there. But joining us now, we got Lucas Coronado, one of the Belly Up Football writers. So, Lucas, thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, thanks for letting me on here as well. Yeah, very happy to have you on. But I, I got to kick this thing back to Chris because there's a lot to happen. I haven't looked at his reaction. So, Chris, two things from you. Garrett Wilson to the Jets and then the Saints trading up here. Hate the Wilson draft uh, by the Jets. I love Wilson as a receiver. I think he's definitely debatable. You know, he'd be the top receiver on this draft class. But when you look at the pieces that what the Jets have in place, uh, you know, Kendrick kind of come out of the 49ers and, and the curse in the 49ers. The 49er curse went to New York, and they can't use more than one receiver at a time. And you saw that last year, you know, they talked about, Nick kind of talked about them having injuries and receivers having injury issues last year. But the receivers weren't productive when a guy was injured. You have three receivers who pretty much fill the same role. I think it's just a redundant you know, draft pick. We saw the Giants try to do that, you know, make Daniel Jones better by getting more weapons last year, quote unquote, and not addressing them off the line. How'd that work out? I think the Jets are going to have the same issue again this year. Finally getting some details on this trade. So the Saints gave up their 16th pick, 98th and 120th pick for this 11 pick to move up five spots with Washington. So quite a bit to move up five spots, and the pick is almost – well, it's in. It's not officially announced yet. We'll get that to in a second. 
Lucas, what's been your reaction to the Saints moving up here? What do you think they're about to do? Um, I have thought that they'd move up even earlier, maybe somewhere in the top 10 to maybe get a quarterback. And I did talk about this a little, but I think they do have a couple years out of Jameis, but I, he's obviously really not the long-term option there. I think it's going to be a quarter. I mean, look, usually when a team trades up, it's for a quarterback. I just don't know why they thought they would have to get in front of Minnesota because Minnesota, I don't think, was going to take a quarterback, being that they are trying to compete this year, even though Kirk Cousins is on a one-year contract. I don't see that being the direction they were going. So maybe it is, maybe it is. I tend to lean towards it might not be. But I want to go back to Garrett Wilson real quick just from a fantasy standpoint to go to Chris's point. I don't know how he's different than Elijah Moore, who you weren't able to use until Corey Davis went down, until Braxton Berrios went down. They play very similar roles. They need to play inside-outside. So from that standpoint, now you're going to be cramping on Elijah Moore's fantasy value. I don't think Garrett Wilson's set up in a situation where this is a pass-first team. So the volume amongst having a target share with Moore, with Corey Davis. This is just not a great fantasy location for him to wind up in, and I don't think it was that smart for the football team. No, and not a clear red zone target to have either. You know, when you look at the guys they added at the receiver core, there's no guy for Zach Wilson to throw a jump ball necessarily to either. Um, but I think this, real quick on the comment of the Saints, I think this is obviously Jamison Williams. I think that's the only guy they'd move up for to kind of make sure that they solidify to get. You obviously wanted a receiver. You saw the first two go off the board. If you have him as not the next guy on the board, you know Minnesota's kind of rumored to be interested. So that would be the guy I think that they're jumping ahead to try to get. Uh, I, you know, I hope they don't. I hope it's not for a quarterback. All right, because I, I know we're in the post Sean Payton era. Maybe he comes back someday. Maybe he doesn't. But I really hope it's not the jump up for a quarterback here because neither of the quarterbacks that are likely to be taken in the first round here today are going to change your franchise. And either way, they're both projects. Sticking with James Winston for another two years and figure out your quarterback is going to be is, is I think, long-term-wise, is going to be better for that. But actually, before we get to the... <laughs> the Detroit Lions just traded up to 12. They just traded up to 12 with the Minnesota Vikings. So they went probably from 32 to 12 here. I don't have the details in front of me, but I'm assuming that's going to be part of the deal. So... Waiting on the Saints pick. We've got the Lions moving all the way up to 12. Things are happening all over the place here. And that's why we got your NFL draft coverage, and we're trying to break it all down and keep up with this. Uh, but, guys, yeah, with this, I, I love the idea of Jameson Williams. He would be the perfect fit with a Michael Thomas. I think there's absolutely no doubt about that. They need to get a speed burst on the other side. They were lacking. I am a little bit curious, though, with Dennis Allen now being the head coach, so they wouldn't want to try to go defense. I mean, what do you think, Lucas? Um, yeah, that does make sense, too. Um, I guess with this trade, you said they probably did trade from 32, and that does make sense. I, They do have a number of directions they could have went at 32, in my opinion, but moving up to get another good, solid first-rounder, I think, makes sense for the Lions. Chris, as we go along here, we're trying to win people money, so let's go to pick 15. Uh, pick 15 off... What is pick 15 off the top of my head? I'm all over the board here now. That it would be the... Oh, yeah. See, now we're both drawing blanks here. We got the Eagles. The Eagles are pick 15. Eagles are pick 15. Right now, offensive player, minus 145. Defensive player, plus 115. I like either one of those bets. So what do you think they're going to do there as we look into the future here? I mean, it's really hard. I think that they're looking to see if Hamilton falls to them. If he was a fall, I think he's going to be a defensive player. I think he's a clear fit for them for what they need, especially at safety. Um, but I think that, you know, if he's to come off the board next two picks, of course, I think they're going to look for offense because what's the best players available probably next are going to be offensive players. Um, I think, though, that right now where they sit, if he's still on the board, I think that's going to be their guy. I'm getting some details. Well, that, oh, hold on. I got to go back to the world <laughs> place. I'm getting some details on the trade with the Vikings and the Lions. So the Vikings, the Lions, I'm sorry, gave up 32, 34, and 66 to move up from 32 to 12. So they gave up quite a bit there to get up there. And now I also have the Saints pick officially in. It is for a wide receiver. It was not for Jamison Williams. It was for Chris Olave. Similar type of deal. Field stretcher guy. He can play inside, outside. He'd be explosive. And again, still a good matchup with Michael Thomas. But Chris, you looked a little bit surprised there. So why are you surprised that Chris Olave is the pick instead of Jameson Williams? 
I think Jameson Williams is clearly the more talented guy. I think he's more of the guy that you know, fits with Jameson Winston's kind of you know MO if he's gonna be your quarterback moving forward. Uh, I don't think you need to necessarily move up to get Chris Lolly as much as they did or get the capital they did to get him as well. Maybe Jameson Williams isn't isn't kind of the, you know gonna be ready like people kind of talked about him being ready in the spring. Um maybe that's pushing his draft value down. But I think when you look at the two players, I think Williams is the guy clearly the next you know top guy remaining on the board and the other receivers are kind of you know pick your poison in the sense of who you like more. I think Ali was definitely a first round. Sorry to cut you off, but the Lions didn't waste any time here. They took Jamison Williams, so they move up to the Vikings. Back-to-back wide receivers, Olave and Williams. So finish your thought on Olave and then talk about Williams, your top guy over Olave, but he's going to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, so as the guys are saying, I think Olave is just, you know still a good player, definitely a guy that was a first-round talent. Just a little too high for my taste, especially with Jack Capital to give up. Jamison Williams to me is a taller Deshaun Jackson. This guy's a game changer, a guy that you know can stretch the field. I don't love his fit with Jared Goff necessarily because of, you know, vertically, but because this guy can run slants, crosses, all kinds of things, putting the ball in his hands. He's you know Olympic Springer basically out there. A guy can make you miss when he gets the ball in his hands. I love this pick for them. And he balances what they have kind of in the receiver room really well with St. Brown with Swift coming out of the backfield. This team definitely has a lot of different playmakers in place. And Jameson Williams is a guy that, you know, if you get up and get him, you definitely wanted to. I think there's a home, you know, Detroit definitely kind of put their your uh, all their eggs in the basket in a sense in this draft, moving up that way. But I love it. Big talk was about how good these wide receivers were and everyone wanting a piece of them and how many were going to go in the first round. We're getting all this action now in the middle of the round. So, Lucas, we got four that came off now because we had, we had Drake London top ten. Then we had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams. They've been the last three picks. Who's your next likely wide receiver to come off in this first round? Um, That is kind of tough because I feel like there is a drop-off that I've seen after those guys. But I'd probably say maybe George Pickens sometime here mid to late first round. And I do like Pickens. He's a pretty solid receiver. And... I do like Jamison Williams. That pick is good. He is uh, honestly just like a game changer for that offense. So I, I don't think it's going to be George Pickens. I think it will be Traylon Burks will be the next receiver taken off. Uh, he's just more, more versatile. First of all, George Pickens, we don't know what we're getting because this guy has a large injury history when it comes to college. But I do think it's going to be somewhere between a Burks, maybe a Pickens, maybe a Dotson who's been talked about a lot going in the back end of that first round maybe a sky more, but these wide receivers are going high. They're going fast, and I'm loving the action that we're getting here in the middle of the rounds on top of it. So, Chris, let's take this back. Fantasy standpoint, this is what it's all about when it comes to this. Oh, hold on, hold on. I can't do that yet. The Eagles just moved up the 13, so that means the Eagles are now going to be on the clock. So what the heck are the Eagles moving up for, Chris? I think it's got to be Johnson or Hamilton. I think Jermaine Johnson fits a clear need and an edge rusher that they really could use a game changer on the outside. Um, you know, Eagles traditionally usually like to have lots of edge rushers. But then you look at Hamilton, a guy who's you know, a top player on a lot of people's boards, a guy that fits really well what they kind of do, especially with that cover two system, cover three, you know, three shell they like to play out there. Um, a team that, you know, looks at around the Colts defense are kind of trying to emulate a lot of ways. You know, we talked about Hamilton off the air about kind of like a Bo Sanders type of player. I think this guy kind of fits what they would need in Philadelphia. Um, so I could think it's going to be one of those two guys. I think it's definitely going to be defensive. Yeah, I tend to agree because now with those wide receivers off the board, that's really the only offense I could see them going with. Sure, and that I'm makes also, a lot of sense too, though. I, I'm a little surprised that Jermaine Johnson – has fallen this far and i think that's a good pick there too what do you think lucas um i do like kyle hamilton as well if they were to pick him he is just a versatile safety bigger safety as well so he could play in the box if they asked him to and this is kind of a slide um i guess i probably thought he'd go top 10 maybe top 12 somewhere around there so not that much but this is a bit later than i was expecting if they were to pick him. Yeah, I'd be, be curious to see what they go. I think Hamilton for them would make the most sense because when the Eagles defense is really good, historically speaking, Brian Dawkins, Malcolm Jenkins, it's usually because they have a level changing type of safety. That has what made their defense really dominant in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if they are trying to have history repeat itself. I mean, remember Howie Roseman 
while the coaching staff might be new, Rose has been there for a very long time. He remembers those Eagles teams and what made those defenses special. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that was the case here. But I am getting down the details of that trade. So it's 13 for 15, 124, 162, and 166. So quite a bit there to move up a couple of spots to make sure they're able to get whoever their guy is going to be at that pick. Chris, what's your reaction to that kind of a haul? I think it's going to depend on who they think they're going to jump out ahead to get. If it's Johnson or Hamilton, I'm okay with it. Um, the other guy I'd be okay with it was Traylon Burks. But I think right now you're looking at it, the Texans team that's going to draft next. Those three guys probably would be their top players that you know, we think the you know, Texans would be looking at. Texans definitely need a receiver. They definitely could use Hamilton. We talked about that fit earlier. And then we talked about the need an edge rusher from Lovey's defense. So those three guys were the guys kind of in my mind. The Eagles are trying to have to have one of those three because why else would you want to give up all that capital to kind of move ahead of Houston? If this does wind up being a wide receiver, these teams all just jumped. I mean, leaps and bounds. Some of them leaps and bounds. The Lions went up, what, 20 picks basically to get this guy. So are these receivers really that worth it that you're trading up for? You're not trading for quarterbacks now. We're trading up for wide receivers. I think so. I mean, when we talked about, you know, as Lucas kind of hit on, I think there's a big drop off after the top tier guys as well. Now, I wouldn't necessarily have paid that price yet because Traylon Burke is still on the board. I think that I've, I still really love value. But I know a lot of guys around the league aren't as high on him after his, you know, combine. Um, so I can see maybe if you think that these guys are the guys that you have to have. Eagles went defense, and they got their replacement for Fletcher Cox with going with Jordan Davis. You know what? I got to hit this button for this pick because I really <laughs> So not only did he get your replacement for Fletcher Cox, but for the next year, maybe two, depending on what he has left in the tank, you're going to have two of the most dominant defensive tackles in all of football. I'm telling you right now, guys, you're not going to be able to run the Philadelphia Eagles. And when you see them on their schedule with that fantasy running back of yours, yeah, you, you might want to have to put somebody else in because you ain't going to be running up the middle on them. What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, this, like I said, uh, I was expecting maybe Hamilton. So this isn't exactly what I was expecting. But I'm not really surprised by it because with Cox aging, this is kind of his replacement. And what Jordan Davis does against the run really does just help any defense and really stop that run. I will say this. It makes more sense now why the Eagles wanted to jump up because the Ravens are now on the clock. And a lot of people thought the Ravens were going to be taking Jordan Davis with this pick. So it makes sense why they want to jump up a couple picks to get that guy. But now that he's off, what do the Ravens think to do? I mean, I think they're I think they're still in a really good situation. There's still some good offensive tackles on the line. They could address that. I personally think, even though he's been falling in draft boards recently, Tyler Linderbaum, the center, would be a great pick for them. You want to protect the eventual investment that you're going to make in Lamar Jackson and solidify the interior of that offensive line. That's what I would do, although it seems like the value on him has come down. I don't understand why. I mean, Chris, can you explain to me why? Yeah, I guess because he plays a position that the NFL seems to not realize is so important. He plays center. Um a guy that, you know, to me, the center is one of the most important positions that could be on the field. That's like where the quarterback faces the easiest pressures right up the middle. When you have a legit center and a top-tier guy, I think that, you know, you usually want those guys. Uh, Lindenbaum doesn't seem to be the guy that people are valuing because, like I said, the position he plays, even though he can play guard as well. So I'm really just kind of surprised that, you know, people don't value it in the NFL. They haven't kind of called on, hopefully, yet, in a sense. Um, Davis picked for the Eagles. You know, you hit the, the buzzer and the congratulations. The Giants and the Eagles – both had a tremendous picks with Neil and Davis pick. Davis is one of the top guys. I am top five in my board. Uh, this guy reminds me a lot of Vita Vey, uh, a good a Naha, a, a, a guy who's not just a, a run stopper. I think a guy who's a, a, a basically a defensive line cr uh, crusher in the sense where he just kind of collapses the offensive line and you know brings it guys, gets in double single coverage. The Ravens right here though, I think you know your Hamilton guy I think is a great fit for them especially traditionally with the Ravens usually have a good safety um, and what they kind of have in place right now with their secondary. And I'll add another one. Johnson's another great fit for them, too. I definitely have the line idea, but I think if you're going to look at the Ravens team, they don't really have an edge rusher, and they really don't have a great top-tier top safety, and two of those guys are sitting on the board right now. Yeah, Lucas, I mean, put your GM hat on. I don't want, I don't want to hear about what you think they'll do. I want to hear about what you would do. Um, honestly, like I said, uh, Kyle Hamilton 
not really a big slide. Like I said, I was thinking top 10, top 12 for honestly, like even better talent, maybe even a top five player in this draft. So I'd probably just go Kyle Hamilton because he is one of the guys that I think will be probably one of the better starters in the league out of this draft. So I, I want to make sure we're, we're winning people money, and it's it's been chaotic last few picks. We haven't been able to talk about it, but next prop up, pick 17, which is the Chargers. Offensive player, minus 125. Defensive player, minus 105. Now, their team, I think, is a likely candidate to trade back, or they could just go best player on their board because they are a pretty strong team. They can go pretty much any direction that they want to go to. So that's kind of a, a wild bet. But, Chris, do you think the Chargers have a preference there? I think if they can, they're, they're looking at the offensive line, I think was probably their preference. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to take a tackle or a guard. Penning is the guy that kind of jumps to my mind, um, the guy that's been kind of you know, projected to them in a lot of mock drafts. This team definitely is you know missing another part of their tackle position. Uh, Pipkins isn't the answer. So I think if you know, Justin Herbert's your kind of franchise quarterback, you did a good, great job with Slayer last year. You need another guy on the other side. Balaga didn't necessarily pan out for them. I think it's kind of makes a lot of sense for them to take off the line. And so I'm going to hit you guys with a back-to-back double pick. Lucas, you can chime in on this one. 19. The Saints are still sitting at 19. That wasn't part of the deal they made to trade up. Vegas still has them going offense again at minus 200 as a favorite because the defensive player is plus 155. What do you think? What do you think they're going to do there? Um, I'd probably say defense i don't really just see them doubling down on this offense really at least not yet the only way uh, i could see could... it would be is an offensive lineman no yeah especially with uh armstead leaving i guess this offseason that does make sense too that that would be the only way i would see it but i i'm willing to put a little bit of money on the defense side plus it's one it's good value plus 155 they just went wide receiver so unless they go offensive lineman I don't see him going back to the offensive position again. But, Chris, do you think it's that sure of a thing that they'll go offensive lineman at 19? No. I think if Johnson's still on the board, as a guy that clearly have seen that he's not a pass rusher as well. Their guys are getting a little older in age. Um, so I think that would be a guy that could definitely still be in the play for them. And I think Hamilton's still a guy we talked about for their last pick. He's still on the board as well. It still fits a need for them as well. Um, so I would be a little surprised if they're going to necessarily have to go off the line um, because I don't think their value is necessarily there for them. And I'm kind of interested to see if they're looking at you know, those guys that are kind of still kind of falling down the board. I think what they're basing it on is that a lot of mock drafts had the Saints at 19 taking Penning, the offensive tackle. I think that's kind of what they're going off of. But, yeah, there's a good value bet for you guys right there as we're looking ahead at the 19th pick. All right, so we're still waiting for the Baltimore Ravens to make their pick. After them, we have the Houston Texans at 15. Chris, what are you going to say? Were you going to say something, Chris? I was going to ask you a question real quick. Sure. Um, what do you think? Now, the Ravens have a lot of different needs. We talked about off the line defense that could go. I One of the picks that I'm kind of would be intrigued by will be Traylon Burks. What were your thoughts about that? Traylon, say that again. Traylon Burks to who? The Ravens. Right now, the Ravens have a lot of different holes. Up to the defense, you know, they, there are holes they could go offensive line. But I also, you know, I don't necessarily need him. But I think he'd be kind of a, a nice fit. Marquise Brown, Bateman, he kind of fits that next kind of you know role for them. In the sense. If they didn't already have Bateman, I would say it would be. But because Bateman's going to kind of be that bigger receiver who can play inside, outside to begin with, I don't see it being a Traylon Burks pick. Uh, I, think I think for them, they're looking. They're another team that even though they make the playoffs last year, this is a team that's maybe a couple of good draft picks away from being a Super Bowl contending team in theory. I think they're going to address need more so i would be really shocked if it wasn't either johnson or, or hamilton here Traylon burks doesn't make much sense to me if they had moved on from marquise brown maybe but because they didn't do that either i think they're looking at the team as they have the weapons they need this is not a air it out offense to begin with so i don't think adding another wide receiver would be prudent for them oh we, they're already they're well, they're officially announcing the pick that we already knew about which is jordan davis to the philadelphia eagles I thought maybe it was the Ravens pick, but they, it was not. I will say this from a fantasy standpoint, though. Let's, let's talk about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson did not have a very good year last year. There was a lot of different scenarios going on with him. But right now, his ADP is somewhere between QB6 and QB8, depending upon where you go. If you look at his numbers from last year, 
he was still on pace to rush for a thousand yards had he not kept missing games doing being sick with who knows what because it wasn't COVID actually that he was missing games for towards the end of that season. Ace, you're telling me a quarterback who's going to be rushing for a thousand yards could be the fourth year in a row this year, or, or would have been the fourth year in a row had he been able to play last year. Is really a QB six QBA, Chris? Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, this we've seen this happen before. Where teams people kind of overreact to the previous season. Lamar was hurt most of the seasons. You kind of pointed out Rashad Bateman, the guy we talked about just you know just now, wasn't the guy their guy for most of the beginning of the season either. So you have kind of different factors kind of going into next year. This offense should be much more efficient. Uh, they'll have should be more healthier, and they should hopefully address some of the offensive line issues they had last year. If some of those things are kind of addressed. Lamar Jackson should still be the top three quarterback in my book. Yeah, at least top three. I can understand like Josh Allen being ahead because he runs and he's got the throwing going on for him now. And, but it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes this year, not without Tyreek Hill. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. So there's more of an opening now, I believe, that, that upper echelon. We've seen Colin Murray get hurt time and time and time again. Now, I think we're talking about Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And I think he's up for grabs after that. Maybe a Justin Herbert's able to perform again the way he did a season ago. Perhaps he'd be up there in that conversation. But I, Lamar Jackson right now, keep your eye on it. Best ball and redraft league, especially early on. I think he's coming out of value right now. The Ravens are primed to bounce back. They'll get J.K. Dobbins back. They'll get Gus Edwards back. And that's going to help their offense get back on track in a big way, too. I'm waiting for them to officially announce the Ravens pick here. Washington moved back to 16. So, Lucas, as far as that trade, what do you think Washington's going to do now they're moving back and some other players come off the board that we thought might go to them? Um, I guess they could go in a number of directions. I know they have McLaurin, who has kind of been plagued by his quarterback almost his whole career in the, in the NFL. And now having Wentz, uh, I don't think that's really a long-term option, so I wouldn't be surprised if they took a quarterback either. Um, again, maybe Kyle Hamilton. I think he could really help out any defense in a big way. And, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those guys. Then, of course, you have Houston at 15. They had moved back. Houston's another team that can keep going in another different direction. So, Chris, what would be the best value pick for Houston? I think that we're going to, you know, continue to talk about them, but I think it's going to be Lindenbaum or Kyle Hamilton, one of the two guys. I think Hamilton's a game changer for them and fits their, fits their defense really well, especially what they have the hole they have without having Reed there anymore. Um, and then offensively, we talked about Lindenbaum and you know, the importance of having a top tier center in my book. And I think that this Colts, I mean, Colts, this Texans offensive line, you know, without Ogden Tunsil is definitely questionable at best. Uh, Whether Davis Mills is your quarterback or not, you know, you want to you want a guy who can kind of open up holes and a guy who can keep your quarterback upright. So to me, that should be the two guys I'm looking at. So this is really funny. I'm keeping my eye on the uh, the live bets coming in, and now we're up at number twenty, which right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers minus six hundred for an offensive player, plus four twenty five for a defensive player. Pretty much pointing to Malik Willis still on the board. Everyone is pegging the Steelers to take Malik Willis with him still there. I guess my quick question to you guys would be, does he stay on the board? Does somebody try to jump in front of Pittsburgh, do you think? Or will no one bother to give up the capital necessarily to do so? I mean, okay, right Chris. now, I think right now, you don't think, I don't think anybody's going to give up the draft capital. It doesn't. It seems like there's you know some kind of, well, we didn't know what's going to happen in this draft. Some of these guys seem to have a good idea of how things are going to fall. And it seems that they're not essentially pressing you with the quarterback. So, I think Willis is a guy that you don't necessarily have to, you know, move up to go get. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? Look, I'm still not a big fan of Malik Willis going in the first round. I don't think he has the skill set. I don't think he's accurate enough. I think he's too raw. But for the Steelers in the position they're in, I do think that would be the best possible landing spot for Malik Willis. One, he doesn't have to start right away this year. They're known for being able to develop their players. They'll be patient with him. And the Steelers are also a team, they're not afraid to build a system around the guy they have at the helm. Remember, Rosberg, the last couple of years, he's been terrible, but they built a system for the fact that, well, frankly, he can't move around anymore. So they built a short passing system all the way around him. They have Najee Harris. They've made some improvements in their offensive line. 
it wouldn't surprise me if they ran a Ravens-like offense if they were to draft Malik Willis and find a way to be competitive and successful with it. Now, ultimately, Willis is not the passer that Lamar Jackson even is. I don't think he's the passer Jalen Hurts is, which is who I comp him to most of the time. So I'm not so keen on the idea of Malik Willis being their future franchise quarterback, but I do think if he's going to have a shot to prove me wrong, to be that guy, the Steelers would be the location for him, and now we finally have the pick officially out. Yes, because it makes too much sense. It is Kyle Hamilton. They get their safety, a long line of great safety play with the Ravens. This is a big pick. They needed this. The Ravens defense was not the same defense it had been in years past. Hamilton's going to go a long way in being able to prove this team. So, Lucas, what's your reaction? What do you think the Ravens defense is going to look like now that Hamilton's going to be back there? Um, He's honestly a game changer. Like, I did highlight him a little bit uh, earlier. Just because of his versatility being 6'4", 220, and his instinctual play being as good as it is, being able to just like know almost exactly what the offense is doing and be there so quickly despite his 40 time. And I really do like this pick as well with that Ravens defense. Chris, we've talked about Hamilton and our opinion on him compared to the rest of the industry. So just touch on that real quick. What do we see out of Hamilton? Yeah, I think I kind of talked about him before with the Colts fit. Um, you see a guy that to me reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders, a guy who can kind of you know play in that box, but also play that deep center field and be able to kind of show you different coverages, especially in the zone coverages. Uh, I don't love him as necessarily a coverage guy. So I talk about him playing you know a slot corner, um, kind of a hybrid nickel role. I don't love that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm sorry, but we got huge breaking news right now. The Ravens have just traded Marquise Brown to the Cardinals for the Cardinals' number one draft pick this year at number 23. So the Ravens moving on again. Marquise Brown now an Arizona Cardinal, and they get the number 23 pick. Chris, you asked me about Traylon Burks. If he's there, that's going to be the pick there for the Baltimore Ravens. Give me your reaction. I mean, I better be. Um, because right now Marquise Brown was your game breaker, kind of opened up a lot of things for Lamar, that running game and everything else. But I also wondered why I put the Jalen Perks name up, because Marquise Brown's in the last year of his yield. They haven't extended it. Um, you talked about, you know, receivers. We talked about earlier in the show about receivers getting paid this big-time money. So the Ravens, where they are salary cap-wise and what they kind of have needs-wise, and with, you know, Lamar Jackson waiting for his big contract, I think this was kind of a move they made to kind of jump, you know, move ahead in the game in the sense salary cap-wise. Hopefully to kind of reload. Um, if they don't get another receiver there with that pick, then I would definitely be disappointed. But otherwise, it might be even one of smarter moves for the Ravens. Kind of I, I just find it fascinating. Time. We've heard all offseason to this point since all the big trades happened earlier in the season. We've heard about is AJ Brown on the move? Is DK Metcalf on the move? Is Debo Samuel? That was supposed to be the big one tonight on the move. The guy who kind of got left by the wayside, although being in the same situation as those other guys, was Marquise Brown, the Baltimore Ravens. No one had really been talking about it much. Lucas, Marquise Brown on the Cardinals now. What do you think his fit is? What do you think it does for that team? Um, Honestly, I do think that offense is just going to be electric with Kyler and him. And because they were kind of lacking at receiver once they were uh, missing DeAndre Hopkins, obviously being one of the better ones in the league. So I think that does help out a lot for that team. 
It's huge. It, it is. It is huge. Look, they they lost Christian Kirk. Marquise Brown, I think, is infinitely better than Christian Kirk, and he gives you the same type of development. You're gonna have Kirk. I mean, I'm sorry. You're gonna have Rondale Moore. You're going to have Marquise Brown, and you're gonna have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Kyler Murray's not as he gets his contract extension. I don't think he's allowed to complain about anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has weapons that you could want in place. And I think this kind of shows you, you know, they're looking for Andy Isabella kind of be that field stretcher. They drafted him a couple of years ago. He never kind of materialized for this team. Marquise Brown is a guy that's going to fit perfectly in this offense. You know, we saw A.G. Green kind of lose a step. He's, he got re-signed. Hopkins is definitely getting older. Um, but when you put all these guys on the field together, three, four receiver sets, they fit each other perfectly. And I think Rondell Moore is going to actually be the big, biggest beneficiary of all those guys because he's going to have nobody really be pay attention to him underneath in his short routes. Uh, Marquise Brown and, you know, Kyle Murray and Russ's offense is definitely way better today than it was yesterday. All right, so we got Kenyon Green, the first guard off the board. He goes to Houston Texans. So the Texans trying to build out their fundamentals this is a good pick. I personally had Zion Johnson higher than Kenyon Green. But either way, you need somebody to try to help bear down that interior of that offensive line. So, Lucas, give me your reaction to them taking Kenyon Green here. Um, I guess that's not exactly what I was expecting, but I guess nothing is. And um, going interior line is good, I think, because I have heard that they might just try and see what they do have in Davis Mills, the rookie quarterback from last year. So getting that old line better and bolstering that part of the game will really help out at least see how you can do at quarterback. I can't, I can't agree more. Okay, Lucas, where can people follow you at? What are you working on? All right, well, um, on Twitter, my Twitter handle is LucasCoronado10. And I did just have my first episode of our podcast come out today at Footballytics. Uh, we do have a Twitter page for that as well. It's just football, Y-T-I-C. All right. I like it. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll be seeing a lot more of you real soon. Guys, we're going to do is take a quick break, come back on the other side. We'll have our next wave of guests come in, and the commander's pick is already in, too. So all of that right after the break. Get your party started with the Kong Beer Bong. You get a canned cooler for those chilled, laid-back get-togethers and a built-in beer bong for when things start to get a little wild. It's portable and ready to party no matter where you are in the world. It's perfect for any holiday event. And the party doesn't stop there. They have an assortment of fun party accessories to take your party to the next level. Be the most wanted party animal for any get-together with the Kong Beer Bomb. Visit BellyUpSports.com today. Click our Partners tab. All shipments in America are free. All right, welcome guys back into the Belly Up Sports' empties NFL draft coverage. We got a full group for the next 16 picks to 20th right now. Guys, we have we have well, we have two Philly guys, actually two Philly podcasts, I should say, three guys total. So it's gonna be a real battle here. Now the Eagles have already kind of moved around a little bit, so we're not gonna get as much excitement. But we got Don from Fired Up. He's over here. We got Mike and we got from also from Fired Up, and we got Rich. He's from Drunk on Broad Street. How we doing today, fellas? Good. How you doing? What's up? Doing good, fellas. How we go? We're doing good. So we got to go to the commander's pick right away. And uh, this is the biggest reach of the draft so far, in oh. my opinion. Jahan Dotson is going to come off the board here for the commanders and i'm just gonna go first on this one because chris you and i had this debate in our our show last week dawson is somebody that i thought could have been a reach in the second round he has okay speed he has decent route runs he has decent shiftiness everything about him is just decent 
you watch this guy on tape, nothing special jumped out to me whatsoever. And I also think he might have to be a slot receiver. He doesn't do a very good job of getting off the line when he goes out in the perimeter. And he wasn't playing against the toughest competition all the time, even though he was there at Penn State. I think he's going to be pigeonholed as a slot guy. It might work with Terry McLaurin. But this is a reach, not a game changer. And the commanders, who haven't had a first-round pick in what feels like forever, need game changers. So, Chris, go ahead, because you had a different opinion than I did on Dotson. Well, I'm definitely more of a Dotson fan than you are, and I don't think he's got average speed. I think he's got good speed. Ran a 4-4-1, you know, one of the more explosive guys in the draft this year. Having said all that, it's a terrible fit. Uh, Terry McLaurin and the Brown, they drafted last year from North Carolina, and they have Curtis Samuel. You put all the three guys on the field, and you add this guy to the mix. Where does he play? Um, so I look at this team, and I look at what Carson Wentz has been more successful with. He can throw the ball, and he can throw the ball deep. He likes tall receivers that have some guy, you know, for the red zone. This team is screaming a need for red zone target. If they were going to take a receiver, I think Traylon Burks was definitely the guy they should have went with. Um, to me, this guy's definitely a reach. I don't argue strongly that Dotson isn't a first rounder. I do. I like him more than you do, but I don't think he's a guy that you should have been, you know, necessarily the commanders being happy taking. They have so many holes in the offensive line. Their guards are terrible. Um, and their safety plays a little questionable at best. So I look at this team, there's definitely other places they could have gone. Even Lloyd, you know, they took the kid last year from uh, Kentucky, kind of got moved to the middle linebacker to outside linebackers. They kind of still look very neat in middle linebacker as well. So there's so many different holes there in this, in this commander's team that I just think this was just a huge reach. This is not officially done, but this is the best time to have this news come out. Adam Schefter is reporting that the Titans are planning to trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. I am, I am still getting details about this as it comes in. Again, this trade is not officially done, but it looks like this is what is trending towards that direction. Receivers are on the move. We talked about Debo being the guy. He's not the guy. Marquise Brown just got shipped off to the Arizona Cardinals and the Baltimore Ravens, and now it looks like A.J. Brown might be on his way to being a Philadelphia Eagles. Guys, go ahead. Take it away. Howie Roseman, the, sil- the silent assassin. <laughs> I, I assume that would be for pick 18 coming up here, I'd imagine. I, I would imagine. Again, this is not done. This is being talked about as it is. Plan- the Titans are planning to trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. It could be, or you know what? The Eagles traded up to take Jamison Williams. Maybe it's for Williams. I was going to say, I think this means that looking, the Tennessee's looking at Traylon Burks as a guy on the board right now that they can yeah. easily fit the A.J. Brown role. Like I think we talked about earlier in the show, you can pay a lot less money in that rookie contract than you're going to have to pay A.J. Brown right now. So I think this might be a salary cap move more than anything for Tennessee. Right. Oh, it's like, definitely I, a salary cap move. It's definitely a salary cap move. But go ahead, Don. I mean, totally. Like, like you, you think, though, that any guy that they were going to pick at 18 – they were never going to get the productivity from A.J. Brown. And if you want to find out what Jalen Hurts has, why not surround him with more talent, right? Like, I I was a guy, like, I I wanted them to go get a wide receiver. You're not going to get a better wide receiver at 18 than you are going to get in getting A.J. Brown. And and the idea that, uh, you know, they were working out the last, like, two weeks together in LA AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts because uh I I, I, did they I no they didn't go to I guess I guess they I guess they grew I don't even know if they grew up with each other but they they knew each other before the NFL um so that was that was always like a little a little talking point that was pretty interesting I'm shocked so it's it's for the 18th overall and a third round pick yeah that's that's what I'm getting now too yes for 18th overall and a third round pick so the Titans will be coming up within the next pick or two. The Chargers are still the ones on the clock. We're waiting for their pick officially to come in at the moment. But, yes, it, it looks like the Tennessee Titans are going to – I agree with you, Chris. It's going to be Traylon Burks. There's been people who have comped Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown, so they could stick with that and just go in that direction. But we do have the pick in for the Chargers. And it is Zion Johnson, so the Chargers looking to solidify the interior of their offensive line. He was my number one guard coming into this. This is great news for Herbert. It's actually great news for Austin Eckler because Zion Johnson really explodes and gets moving off the line of scrimmage. So let's go to Mike here first. Mike, what's your reaction to the Chargers taking Zion Johnson with the 17th pick overall? Yeah, no, I like it. Um, 
it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, protect Herbert, you know, their, their franchise quarterback, and Eckler is as talented and explosive as he is. He's dealt with injuries the last couple of years, so no, I think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense to bolster that line. Yeah, I mean, and really, listen, they're, anything, anything you can do to protect, you know, your your franchise quarterback and your your game changing running back in order to be able to get time for your game changing wide receiver, like that that pick just makes sense on a ton of different levels. Yeah, uh, 100%. And they were in a position where they could go whatever was the best on their board. And clearly Zion Johnson was that guy. You can't really go wrong with that. All right, Chris, Tennessee Titans are on the clock. What are the Titans doing here again? It's got to be Traylon Burks. I mean, I think the two guys they would have considered over them would have been probably the Green and Zion Johnson. They have obvious need at tackle, I mean, at guard. Um, so that was something that I think they were looking to try to upgrade with those two guys off the board. I think Traylon Burks has got to be the top guy that we're replacing A.J. Brown, a similar kind of built player, a guy who can kind of do the similar type of things, will be able to be an asset in the running game as well because he can block. So you put all those things together, I think that's what they're probably looking to do. The only guy I'll throw one more curveball in and just kind of keep in mind is, you know, you still have Jermaine Johnson still on the board somehow. Uh, this team could definitely use another edge rusher on the other side. Dupree was, you know, good, but he wasn't great. Landry's good, but they could maybe add another guy that kind of, you know, add another – now another um, you know pass rusher like Buffalo did a couple of years last year, so I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of look at that. But to me, it's with this draft that you know Capitals gave up basically with AJ Brown and got they got the guy got with Traylon Burks here. Yeah, it's a it's a first and a third rounder is what the Eagles gave up for him. And you know what? This makes sense for the Philadelphia Eagles. They have salary cap space. They're not paying too many people right here at the moment. Right. A lot of their offense is young. Devin Smith. Jalen Hurts still on rookie contracts. I mean, most of the spending money that they do have is going with Fletcher Cox and the offensive line. So, but here's the question. With A.J. Brown's injury history, and you guys are all Eagles fans, so I don't care which one of these answers first. I want to hear from all three of you. <laughs> are you willing to pay him the $25, 30000000 million he's likely to get now? Well, I don't know if it's about being willing. Uh, it's it's going to have to happen <laughs> at this point, you know. Um no, but but I, I I think I think uh, what Don said was right. You know, he's a game changing receiver. Uh, you just kind of hope uh, you know the quarterback can get the ball to him down the field. Yeah, you I guys mean, have anything to add? For for me, like I I look at what he's able to do in terms of being able to get the ball in space, be able to go up and get the ball. He's a guy who, when you line him up, right, you're going to have to line. You're going to have to pay attention to him which is going to create more space for Devontae Smith, more space for Dallas Goddard, more space for, you know, Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield. It only is going to help Jalen Hurts. And as Chris thought, it is Traylon Burks. He goes to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so they get the guy who pretty much does what A.J. Brown did on a rookie contract maybe doesn't have the same health concerns as an A.J. Brown. That's quite potentially so. But in comparison, we know A.J. Brown's shown that he can perform at a high level in the NFL. Now they go with Traylon Burks, who hasn't necessarily done that. But do we have the confidence? I think I do, at least. But do you guys have the confidence? We'll start with Mike, that he's going to be able to adequately replace A.J. Brown from day one. That's a that's a tough thing to ask, um, especially because – I mean, as as impressive as Tannehill's looked at times, he's not a he's not a world beater, right? Like he's just he's an average to slightly above average quarterback. So it's not like he's gonna make any receivers look great. The receivers gonna have to come in and and you know kind of kind of do it themselves. So uh, it's it's a tough thing to ask, but uh, why not? <laughs> why not? How about you, why Chris? Because you wanted to see this pick happen anyway. Well, it's not solely I wanted to see it happen. I think it was going to happen, um, but. Arthur Smith's no longer the coach there. So that's going to be a big thing to kind of see how this kind of transitions for this offense. Todd Downey is the, you know, now the offensive coordinator for this team. And last year, A.J. Brown had the greatest year. Now, I know he's banged up a part of the year. He was injured part of the year. But he definitely wasn't as productive as he had been on Arthur Smith. And I think as a result, I do have some questions about Traylor Burks and kind of hit the, you know, the, the ground running. And then if you're a Tennessee Titans fan, I'm going to be a little bit down on this trade as well. While I understand salary cap-wise while you're doing it, your team kind of fancies yourself as a Super Bowl contender. Really, does a rookie receiver kind of carry a team? It can happen, but it's kind of a lot to ask for Traylon Burks. You know, as Mike kind of emphasized, you know, Ryan Tannehill isn't Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. So when you put those kind of factors together, 
I think Traylon Burks has got a little bit more ahead of him in a sense. I think he can be productive, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be a guy that you can trust to be number one receiver for your team next year. So I think it's going to be a you know, really interesting kind of see how that kind of materializes moving forward. Well, I'll jump in here on the fantasy side of this. I, I love it for Traylon Burks because he's going to have to be the number one targeted weapon on that team automatically. He walks in day one. On the flip side of it, Devin Smith takes a hard hit because a lot of what kept him afloat was volume. The Eagles showed last year with Jalen Hurts, and I'll love to get your guys' take on this. They don't trust him throwing the ball 40 times a game. They had to go to being a run first team. So now you're going to have a target share with A.J. Brown, who's going to have to be the lead guy because of what he's going to get paid after all this is said and done, and be on a low-volume passing offense. So now Devin Smith, to me, is a fantasy bust, or maybe not a bust in the long run, but right now his value is on the downslide. Listen, I, I think you, your goal, if you're, if you're designing this offense to be productive, you're going to design the plays to get these guys in space. You're not designing these plays to go 40 yards, asking him to throw 40, 50 yards down the field. You're going to ask him to get the ball to guys in space when they're open and let those guys make plays. Devontae Smith is a guy that can catch the ball at five yards and break it, and, and break it 40 yards, right? A.J. Brown is the same kind of guy. He can take a short pass and break it you know, for, for, a, long, for a long game. That's, that's the kind of play design that I'm looking for if I'm Nick Sirianni, because we know that Jalen Hurts is not going to be the guy that's going to throw the ball 65 yards in the air down the field. He just can't do it. So for me, like you have now given him the weapons to be able to find out what he can do and find out if this is the guy, because they also have the ammunition in next year's draft to be able to go and get the quarterback if they really want it. Yeah, I mean, this this uh, having A.J. Brown on the other side of Devontae Smith just creates so many more opportunities for Smith than having a guy like Jay, Jalen Rager next to him. So this kind of slides Rager down the depth chart a little bit, and now you can you can let Devontae Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure your team just wants to move on from Rager if they can. Yeah. Mike, to, be, to be honest, I hope it slides Devontae. I hope it slides Jalen <laughs> Rager. All the way off the depth chart. Off the depth chart. <laughs> also, too, like, we have, you have to think about, too, like, Devontae's young, you know? You get a guy yeah. that's a top five, top ten receiver in the league, whatever he is, wherever you have. I mean, he's a good player. He's a brand's a really good player. You know, you, you pick that guy's brain and you watch him what he does in practice. You know, that only helps. Most definitely. Chris, all that's left is Debo and DK Metcalf. Are we going to see these guys get traded soon too? Because everybody, every wide receiver who's got a contract coming up got traded this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that this should show you, as I talked about earlier in the show, that maybe the 49er reports were being exaggerated, what Debo's value was, what people were going to be willing to offer or what the 49ers wanted for him. I think A.J. Brown going for this price tag shows you that Debo probably wasn't going to be a top five or top ten pick was going to get him or multiple first-rounders people wanted. Um, I think Debo's probably going nowhere. I think we talked about it in the beginning of the show that if that was going to happen, that should have already happened. As for DK, I think he's in the same boat. You look at a kind of situation where if they were going to move on for DK Metcalf, you wanted a first rounder, you probably would have moved on from him by now. Uh, I think Seattle does want him. I think Seattle, you know, kind of has the cap space to kind of, you know, allow to kind of be able, be able to keep him. So I think right now he's guy definitely will be there at least for this year. And I would the team that seems probably going to franchise him, I would imagine moving forward. So I think this DK is not necessarily going to be a guy that has to be moved sooner than later. All right, guys, we do want to keep up to date with the live betting. So we're up to pick 22 here, which as of now is the Green Bay Packers. There's been trades happening all over the place. Talk about team you need a wide receiver. It looks like they're going to be left holding the bag again, but I digress. So right now, the Packers, minus 400 to take an offensive player, plus 300 to take a defensive player. With all these wide receivers off the board, unless they go offensive line, I like my money on the defensive value in that standpoint, though, because of how this draft has folded out. And I think a plus 300, that's a hell of a value. I mean, what do you think, Don? I mean, to me, like, if you don't look at a guy like Jermaine Johnson at this point in the draft, right, that's a guy that was projected anywhere between 10 and, and you know, 25. So to get a guy, you know, at value, in, right, kind of right where he slotted in, um, you know, I'm also looking at guys like N'Kobe Dean, like, like Devin Lloyd, um, Devontae Wyatt, Andrew Butler Booth, like those are guys that are going to be impact players. They're going to have value to your team right away. So if I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm picking right now and I'm looking at like, you know, 
the the Saints and Pittsburgh, right? Like I look at those guys, and any of those guys can have an impact, you know, day one. All this excitement, we've kind of forgotten the Saints are on the clock here. So let's let's go to let's go to Dom here. Go from Don to Dom. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the Saints, not what they want, not what they're going to do. What would you do if you were the Saints here? Oh man, I don't know. I I, I think it's tough. Um, man, I don't know. Do you, do you go? I mean, they don't need offensive line, so I mean, do do you go defensive? Well, they do line? need offensive line. I would say. Oh, they do lost they? Ron Armstead. Yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe Penning then, right? That is a, where a lot of people have had him mocked yeah. out to go to. Uh, that's why we talked about, Chris, we talked about the, the, the live bet from a few picks to go. That's why it was very heavy for them, minus 200 for an offensive player. We thought maybe they could go defensive. Kyle Hamilton was still on the board. Right. But Jermaine Johnson being there, if I'm the Saints, it'd be very hard for me to pass up on Jermaine Johnson right now, especially with Dennis Allen as the head coach. Right, Chris? Right. Absolutely. I mean, it, like I said, they have a, a, a defensive, you know, that's getting aging Cameron Jordan's not, you know, spring chicken anymore out there. So when you look at kind of what they have at the end position, where they can use pass rush wise, it makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, Lloyd, the linebacker, makes a lot of sense for them too. I think defense, there's a lot of different guys on the board still that could really help them. Uh, offensively, I think Penning could be considered, but I wonder is he truly a truly left tackle? Um, and that's where it's kind of going to be interesting. You played Ramsack a lot of money, play right tackle. So are you going to try a chance that to kind of move him to left tackle? I think he is a guy that you should not play at left tackle. In my opinion, I think he's clearly not that. I think he's a right tackle best. Um, he's more of a mauler. So I'm kind of curious to see if they will go that route. And as for the Packers, that's a team I would definitely think is going to off the line. You know, they lost a lot of the off the line in the last couple of years. Uh, Lindsay at the center moved on as well. So they, if you look at the interior of the line, I think you can't even name the two starters of Elgin Jenkins right now inside. So I think Green Bay is definitely a team that's going to be sniffing the off the line. This just in, A.J. Brown, the hottest selling Eagles jersey out sure. there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just ordered one. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can I comment on Wait, what'd you say? That? Can I comment on the A.J. Brown thing real quick? I'm not, yeah, I'm not go ahead. Fan, but I do have, I think the Eagles, you know, these, these guys make great points. I think that A.J. Brown fits his offense to a T. And the guy that I think you guys want to see, you know, regular move down, I think Quiz Watkins is the guy who's going to move up for Rager. And when he puts those three guys on the field, they all fit really well. I think that's going to help Smith be, you know, as uh, I think Mike pointed out, that, you know, Smith is going to have a much easier time than having Rager across from him. He's going to have a lot more attention kind of drawn off of them. And you look at these three guys, I think they're going to work the volume. The guy I'd worry about most, you know, production-wise fantasy is going to be Dallas Goddard. It was already kind of hard for Jalen Hurts to look like look for him as it was, I think, as the beginning of the season. As the season kind of progressed, you know, he looked for him more. But I think that's the guy who's probably going to suffer most in his offense. I think receivers will be just fine. He's going to be the safety. He'll he'll end up being like the safety valve. Right? He'll I think, be the guy. But I think as a guy, you don't believe they work. Sorry to, guy, to cut you guys off. You're like somebody in a conversation. But Trevor Penning does come off the board here yeah. for the Saints. So one of the guys that was mocked to go there, they decided to go that direction. Chris, I'm just going to give you my quick reaction to this because you talked about it, and I totally agree with you. Trevor Penning's not a left tackle, and when you make a when you draft here, then it doesn't necessarily have to be a left tackle to be going in the first round. But typically speaking, when you say tackle, you do a first round pick. You want him to be the left guy, and being that they lost Teron Armstead, you know that's what they're looking for a replacement. But his biggest weakness was the fact was his back step. He leaves him, he overextends way too often. He leaves the inside open on spin moves and on inside rips. I had him grayed out as a guy that I thought eventually would need to be moved to guard to be a day one starter. At the very best, a right tackle. I don't have this guy as a left tackle. I think he might be a turntable out there in pass protection. So I'm going to be curious to see what happens here. This could be a bust if they don't use him the correct way. But let we know what Chris thinks. We know what I think. Let's go to Mike. Mike, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough to tell, you know, what, what the Saints are going to do this year because, I mean, you have the, the new coach, right? He, quarterback is kind of a question. So, I mean, I, I guess they're just kind of building from the from the lines at this point, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I, it's, he, it's, he seems like a guy that's kind of inconsistent, you know, especially like in his footwork and all that. But for the most part, I mean, it seems like he has some upside. I'll tell you what. Go ahead. I'm going to throw one caveat. I do think Ryan Ramsey can play left tackle. He did play left tackle in college. That's what I projected him to come out in that draft. So the fact that he's been a right tackle the last couple of years doesn't necessarily mean he can't play left tackle. And if you look at kind of the fit, if they were to play him at right tackle 
and Rams second left tackle, I don't hate it. But if to your point, if they don't do that, then I think this is a mistake. I, Listen, I definitely if, if, if they can slide him inside, right? Size is on his side. Get him to slot in the in the The Steelers. Oh, sorry, I got to cut you off real quick. The Steelers go Kenny Pickett. So it's not Malik Willis number one. Kenny Pickett stays in Pittsburgh, goes to the Steelers. They go with the pocket passer. And where this gets real interesting, other than it being the first quarterback taken off the board and the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fact that they just took him over Malik Willis, because Kenny Pickett is touted as this guy who's supposed to be a day one NFL starter, now all of a sudden we have a quarterback controversy right off the bat for day one between Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. I know you guys are Eagles fans, not Pittsburgh fans, but we'll stick with the same state. I want to get your reaction anyway. Don, go ahead, because I had to cut you off for the last thing. What's your no, reaction? I mean, for for it, like if I'm Pittsburgh, like it, it's it's not really, to me, a, a quarterback competition, right? Mitchell Trubisky has showed you exactly what he is, which is a career, mediocre, middle-of-the-line, like middle-of-the-road guy. He's not a guy that's going to move the needle, especially in that division, when you have to go up against the teams that you have to go up, right? When you've got to go up against Baltimore, when you've got to go up against an upcoming Cleveland team, like you're, to me, right? If you're going to pick Kenny Pickett at this point in the draft, he's got to be your guy day one. And Trubisky slides right back into the role that he was in last year, which is, that backup role, which seems to be the role that he's kind of just slotted in right now. He's done nothing to prove otherwise. I agree. I think Kenny Pickett is going to prove really soon to do nothing otherwise either, though. That's that's kind of my problem with this, with this whole thing. But hold on, guys. Breaking news. So I got the details of the A.J. Brown contract. It's a four-year, $100 million deal, $57 million guaranteed so he gets 25 million a year as we would have expected probably front loaded those first two years with the 57 million guaranteed so that's the it, details of the contract pay, for pay the man. It, ain't, it ain't my money pay the man <laughs> listen man <laughs> if you need somebody to pick him up at the airport i'm, I'm available i'm five minutes from the airport let's go <sighs> The salary right, cap's yeah. made up I'm in football trying, anyway. You can, so easy, so easy to move money. Let's get let's get back at it, Dom. I want to get your reaction to Steelers yeah. pick. Then I want to get so, Mike's reaction. So the the picket pick. Listen, I don't know if he's going to be good. I don't know if he's not going to be good. I, I I'm not sure, but I will give the Steelers a lot of credit here because like it seemed like he or maybe even Willis, whoever it was, the quarterback was going to be, seemed like they were going to go in that direction. And like I give them a lot of credit that you know last like two months we've seen picket move up, move back, move up, move back, and. I give them a lot of credit for like just sitting there, keeping it cool, calm, and collected, and they got you know their guy. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Don is is throwing a little too much shade to to Trubisky. Like, I think Trubisky's actually gonna I, maybe not be anything spectacular, but he's had something this year that he hasn't had yet in his career, and that's a good NFL coach. So, I, I think a good I think NFL Trubisky, franchise <laughs> that that too. Um, right, right. So, Let's so, be honest, right? So, like. We played in a sleeper league last year where you could pick two quarterbacks. Yep. Would you pick him as a set? No, no, no. Even play as your second quarterback? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. All right, Mike, but, where can we follow you at? What you what are you working on next? Yeah, so uh, we got the Fired Up Podcast. Um, so we're on Twitter, uh, at Fired Up Podcast, anywhere on Apple, uh, Spotify. You can check us out over there. We're live every Monday nights. And we just started a, a website, too. So, you know, people go in there, check out our, our articles and, uh, you know, all of our content. Yep, FiredUpSports.com. Excellent. Don, where can we, where can we follow uh, you listen, at, man? You can, you can find us at, at Drunk One Bra. We're normally live you know, month, uh, either Tuesdays or Wednesday nights. Uh, we're covering everything Philly sports, just like these guys at Fired Up. So, um, you know, you can catch us. Uh, all your streaming platforms. Uh, we're putting out uh, some some highlight videos from uh, previous night's games, so you can see that stuff as well. Uh, and I love what the Eagles did tonight. So it was a win for the Phillies. It was a win for the Sixers, and it's a win for the Eagles. 
Love it was, a batter, night, we it was don't, a batter night in Philly sports. We don't get this much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen this often. Thank God the that Flyers is, didn't play tonight. That is true. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I enjoyed Definitely. having you guys on. We'll totally talk to you all real soon. On the thank other you, side, guys, we'll take you. this quick break. Come back in. We got more guests coming in for picks 21 to 25, so stay tuned to the Belly of Sports' empties fantasy football show NFL draft coverage right after this. So, are you a sports fan? Are you an athlete? Or do you just want to look and feel like one? Well, I got news for you. The outdoors is the ultimate sport, but you can't play unless you can see. Yeet sunglasses provide the gift of high-quality sight in the roughest of environments. From the crashing ocean waves to the high peaks of the mountains, Yeet sunglasses are designed to be the most durable, comfortable, dependable, anti-wear and tear products on the market. Not only are they made with the utmost quality, but they're available at affordable prices for everyone. Go to yeetsofficial.com right now, right now, and use the promo code BELLYUP to save 10% on your next order. That's 10% on anything you order from yeetsofficial.com. What does that cover? Let me tell you. At Yeats Official, we have sunglasses. We have winter goggles. We have fashionable sunglasses. So if you're looking for new eyewear, if you're looking for something that make you have more fun in the sun, go to yeetsofficial.com, use code BELLYUP, save 10% on... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 